And day 227, since Joe Biden promised our fellow Americans he'd never abandon them, he did. He abandoned our Afghan allies. He abandoned, oh, $80 billion plus dollars worth of the most sophisticated uh, military weaponry on the face of the earth. That was pretty dumb. Uh, I think President Zelensky could have used that right about now. And he abandoned thousands of American green card holders. Oh, and even some service members, families. But why bother? He's turned the page. Nobody else talks about it. Um, A lot of news to get to today on the economy. Rate hike told you it was coming. Goldman Sachs thinks it can be as there can be as many as seven. We'll get to that today. Uh, We've got Senator Tom Cotton, Bill O'Reilly going to check in. We'll get their take on what is happening today. So you have President Zelensky. It was not long. But to me, it was pretty deep and pretty profound addressing the Congress and the Senate. And it was obviously over like a Zoom call or video chat, whatever you want to call these things. And he talked about the destiny of his country, you know, is now being decided as Russia is waging a brutal assault against our values. You have Ukraine, a sovereign nation. You have an invasion by a, you know, a guy that has no qualms at all about bombing out neighborhoods, you know, firing missiles very close to nuclear facilities, taking out residential apartment buildings, taking out infrastructure, a guy that has no problem killing innocent women and children. Even we've seen the images of that. We see images of mass graves and Zelensky you know, rightly, I think, pointed out, you know, remember Pearl Harbor, 9-11, our country experiences, he's, he's making comparisons, our country is now under assault, our way of life is under assault. Then he played a powerful video showing Ukraine, comparing Ukraine and the joy and the happiness that was life prior to Putin's invasion to what it is today. And you see all of these images And you see the injured children and you see the mass graves. He put it all together. You know, I think it's it was extraordinarily powerful. And even invoked Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream that the U.S. will offer us arms. And then he made a challenge and a call to Joe Biden to be the leader of the world and the leader of peace. Here's what he said. Now I'm almost 45 years old. Today, my age stopped when the heart of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. And as the leader of my niche, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the niche, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraini. To be the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. What's it's it's interesting because I'm having really thoughtful conversations with people, some that have some disagreements with me, others that don't do not. Um we have learned a lot over the last 20 years about warfare. And we've got to be very careful in considering any military moves that we make whatsoever. 
for me, we cannot be the policemen of the world. You know, when it, when you see these images, if you if you have a conscience from God and a soul, and you see innocent women and children dead in mass graves and indiscriminate bombing of of civilians and apartment buildings and neighborhoods, it's you know the damage, the wreckage that is war, unprovoked sovereign nation. Um, it should impact you. This video was powerful. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Zelensky. I've been very critical in the past about Ukrainian governments, but it but it raises questions. Okay, well, what is the role? What should be the role of the United States in the world? They're not a member of NATO, so Article 5 doesn't apply. An attack against one is an attack against all. Um, we don't know the extent of what Vladimir Putin's territorial ambitions are. We know that China is watching this very, very closely. They've been very careful to just rise, you know, ride this razor's edge, not to be very critical of Vladimir Putin at all, actually being more supportive than critical. Uh, they, of course, have their own territorial ambitions, and that will factor into all of this. You can see the mistakes that the world has made in the lead up to this. A lot of it has to do with the lifeblood of the world's economy, which is energy. You know, this goes to the admonition that Donald Trump gave the leader of NATO when he said, why are we paying the highest amount of money, the, the largest percentage of GDP to protect you, NATO, our allies from attacks against Russia, and you don't pay anywhere near what we're paying. And then NATO countries then turn around and take and do multi, multi billion dollar deals for Russian energy. He said, it is stupid. It is beyond idiotic. And he told me the story last week when it was on my TV show that at one point he, he handed Angela Merkel a white flag. And she says, what's this? It's a white flag. And it, what do you mean? Why, why are you giving me this? Because you're surrendering to Russia. And he was right. And a lot of this now, we, we have Europe now, Western Europe, that 40% of their natural gas comes from Vladimir Putin and Russia. That's what that dependency has come from. A lot of why this happened, we can, it's very simply tied into the importance of being energy independent. That was probably one of the biggest success stories of the Trump administration, achieving energy independence for the first time in 40 years and, and being a net exporter of energy. And the Keystone XL pipeline, I did not know we were that close to finishing it, but the premier of Alberta says we were only eight months away. Imagine if we warp speeded that, we can get 900,000 barrels of Canadian oil every single day. But it raises questions, what is the role of America here? You know, so people often ask me in, in interviews, well, how do you describe yourself politically? I said, well, I'm not a Republican, I'm a conservative. I'm a Reagan conservative, I'm an America first conservative, I'm a MAGA, make America great again conservative. And I'm a Save America conservative, because right now we, it needs saving. You see the 40-year disaster of inflation, in large part connected to energy. Everything costs more because energy costs more because Joe artificially reduced the world supply. So one of the reasons we've talked so much about it. Over the years, drill here, drill now, save money. You know, drill, baby, drill. This, is, this has come up frequently. And you've got the left that is now beholden to this this cult of religion of of 
global climate alarmism to to a degree that it has compromised not only our national security, but it's pushed our allies into the arms of Vladimir Putin, and it's made him and Russia rich again. And then it gets even worse, the idiocy of talking to Venezuela and sending an emissary of Biden people to Venezuela to talk to the murdering thug dictator Maduro and and then this new deal that they're desperate for with Iran, which is dumber than dirt. And, and I can't even comprehend the stupidity of that maneuver or, or begging OPEC that keeps turning us down. So it, if I, I, I look to Reagan and and what Donald Trump did, and I think a combination of both is appropriate here. Under no circumstances should we put one single American boot on the ground, in my view. It's not, we cannot be the world's policemen. But when you see mass atrocities, do we have a moral obligation to do something? I think the answer, personally, and you might disagree, is yes. When I see innocent men, women, and children dead and, and with their suitcases trying to escape a war zone, and I see apartment buildings bombed and, and neighborhoods obliterated, and I see one dead body being thrown on another dead body. They're not asking for a lot. What Zelensky is asking for is not a lot. And it's simple. The, the Javelin missiles have been extraordinarily successful in helping Ukraine fight back the Russian army, which is not, in, from my estimation, performed particularly well. I think, I think Putin thought he was going to roll in there and, and run over Ukraine. But those javelins prevented a lot of his plans from unfolding. The Stinger missiles have been helpful. Uh, we finally have gotten them some uh, anti-aircraft and anti-missile defense systems, but certainly not enough to stop what the onslaught of bombing that Putin's been involved in. Putin with his back against the wall is a scary scenario. Uh, albeit slowly, they, they have surrounded the capital, Kiev, the perimeter. They haven't gotten there. They're about eight, seven miles, I hear, out, and the bombing has increased dramatically. So the question is, when you see these images and these pictures, every American is going to have to make up their own mind, but I'm not willing to put another American boot on the ground because these same politicians that get all gung-ho on fighting these wars and sending our children, our national treasure, to go fight, and many die and, and suffer debilitating injuries that 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 changes their lives forever losing limbs and legs and and you know surgery after surgery i've seen these guys we're never going to do that again donald trump showed you can push buttons in a in an air-conditioned room in tampa bay and take out the caliphate that joe biden and obama let was allowed to be created during their time in office so I don't think it's hard. The Ukrainian people have proven enough to me. Zelensky could have taken the, the private jet out of Ukraine. He could have taken gold and silver and currency, and he could have you know, found asylum in some other nation and left the country, and he, he's not. He's right there in Kiev, in the capital. That is, you know, the Russians are bombing pretty heavily, risking his life, fighting for his freedom. And they've been fairly impressive in their fight, from my perspective, so what is he asking for? Javelin stingers, anti-aircraft, anti-missile defense systems, and Joe Biden should have shut his mouth and let him have the MiGs that Poland was offering. He just needed to say, sure, deliver them.
do you know help them out any way they can and because if you don't stop somebody like putin here where do you stop them now the question is if he has further territorial ambitions will the nato article 5 alliance will will that matter an attack against one is an attack against all will if taiwan is quote attacked by china is joe biden capable of responding the most difficult part of this process right now is we don't have a strong american president we do not have a strong american vice president and after what we played on tv last night with nancy pelosi she's third in line for the presidency and she's almost as bad as joe and has no clue uh what to do in regards to this situation so the answer is simple as reagan provided the mujahideen the stinger missiles to beat the soviets in the 80s and as he provided the freedom fighters and the contras the weaponry and the arms to defeat daniel ortega and the sandinistas so we should follow that model that is the conservative reagan america first model no boots on the ground give that they're willing to fight for their freedom give them the 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 military support and weapon systems that they will need to win and that includes europe providing the bulk of it anyway you might have a different point of view you can tell me 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us As we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I mean, I, I, I can't even believe I have to say, th- say this. Well, pull this cut. Did you see, Linda, what I just sent you? Somebody sent me. I'm looking at it now, boss. I am Biden apparently said, I bet everybody knows somebody that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture, picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position and then blackmails. What the it, hell it's is just, wrong with this? What is there's kids it, dying in the street, and this I, I can't. He is an embarrassment. It's yesterday disgusting. Biden refers to Kamala Harris as the first lady. He announces the first lady's husband contracted COVID. I, I, I mean, there's something. What about so, the Granholm stuff? My God. Oh, well, we'll play all this later in the program. We got a lot of tape we're going to play in the course of the program today. Yeah, and by the and so Kamala's been benched. And now Joe's going to travel to Europe for these Ukraine talks next week. And he's announcing a billion dollars in new military aid. I, I don't mind the military aids. You know, some of my conservative friends that say, well, what's our purpose here? The purpose simply sometimes is as easy as right and wrong. It's as simple as, okay, does, do you sit back and do nothing when you see innocent people? I'm not talking about countries. When you see innocent men, women, and children slaughtered, what has history taught us? If we don't stand up for innocent people, you know, we all we give lip service to the idea that we're all God's children, and then you see dead children laying in the streets and mass graves, and the Ukrainians are willing to fight their fight. Okay, let them fight the fight. Give them the weaponry that they need to defeat this hostile regime, Vladimir Putin.
the mission of saving America as we return to the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. So this was Biden's mistake yesterday, referring to Kamala Harris as the first lady in his latest gaffe, announcing that the first lady's husband contracted COVID. Well, if the first lady's husband contracted COVID, that would be him. Listen. But there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting mm-hmm. COVID. But uh, mm-hmm. look at this room and what you see. Pardon? Mm-hmm. That's right. She's fine. It's me. That's not together. That, 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 that's Second Joe Biden thing. having to step in and bail out her husband from his latest debacle. Now, I don't know. Somebody sent me this. I I guess it appeared somewhere on Twitter. You can't make this stuff up about what Joe Biden said today, that I bet everybody knows somebody that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position and then blackmails. I don't know. Is he talking about Hunter? I'm trying to figure this out. Let's play it. So we established a new civil rights a new civil rights cause of action for those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard, I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line, that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position, and then literally, in a sense, blackmails or or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. So, by the way, I, I'm, I've gotten a lot of friends that I really like and respect saying, Hannity, what are the ways that the U.S. can de-escalate what's happening in Ukraine? Um, my answer is you tell me. Because I don't think Vladimir Putin's intentions are to de-escalate. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk that there might be some agreement that, that could be reached. What, well, he's going to take half of Ukraine? We'll let him have half. We're going to let President Xi... Uh, are we going to let him have half of uh, Taiwan? I mean, what, what, how do you how do you de-escalate when somebody is indiscriminately bombing men, women, and children? You know, Biden ignored reporters' questions about Americans killed in Ukraine. There are some Americans that have gone over there and wanted to be part of, you know, this effort uh, to to help the Ukrainians fight back against this this invasion by Vladimir Putin. Uh, Kamala Harris's disaster. She referred to Ukraine as a NATO nation. Social media account for Kamala Harris stated Tuesday, now a deleted tweet, that the U.S. is supporting Ukraine in defense of the NATO alliance. Ukraine's not part of NATO, which is why Article 5 doesn't apply. When I was in Poland, I met with the U.S. and Polish service members, thanking them for standing with our NATO allies for freedom, peace, and security. That's what her Twitter account said. The U.S. stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. They're not part of the NATO alliance. And the remarks made in the tweet, which featured a photo of Harris greeting American and Polish service members, come on the heels of similar statements she made while addressing House Democrats over the weekend at the DNC's winter meeting. I guess nobody had the courage to say, hey, uh, Kamala, they're not part of NATO. Anyway, Russia's invasion threatens not just Ukraine's democracy, it threatens democracy and security across Europe. So I will say what I know we all say, 
And I'll say it over and over again, the U.S. stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Those remarks then prompted the White House. They, they just went online and acted as if it didn't happen and altered the transcript and, and take out her gaffe. Just like Joe Biden calls Kamala the first lady. You know, Biden, by the way, was in close contact with Kamala Harris the day before her husband tested positive for COVID. I hope he doesn't get it. Uh, I don't want anybody to get this. What's really strange now, if you look at the daily number of cases, um, we have far less cases, it seems, than last year. But we have more deaths this year. I mean, could that be because we have run out of monoclonal antibodies and nobody wants to talk about that? Anyway, so Zelensky takes, you know, he told Lester Holt in an interview and remarks on NBC News, the outcome of Putin's invasion of Ukraine is yet to be decided, but it's possible the decision has already begun a path of full-scale global war. Now, I'm not sure I necessarily believe that because I don't think, I, I think Putin is, he, he's evil, start there. Uh, anybody that can kill innocent women and children is just evil. Invade a sovereign country, that's pretty evil too. But he's not dumb. And there's a distinction. You can be evil, but smart. And I think he calculated that this was the moment that he could pursue these territorial ambitions. But that's that's going to be a matter of time. Um, I'm not buying these peace negotiations between Ukraine and Russia are making significant uh, progress. That was reported by the Financial Times. Because every time it seems that Vladimir Putin needs to rearm his troops, uh, they start having peace talks. And then as soon as he gets the armor to, you know, his his invading force, then all of a sudden it's back on again. Uh, but anyways, Biden is uh, headed to Europe. We'll see what that what disaster that becomes next week. The energy failures of the House Democrats in the middle of all of this. They want to declare a national climate emergency and ban oil drilling on all federal lands. That is the that that is the climate alarmist religious cult that has taken a hold of the Democratic Party, the new Green Deal radical socialists. That's what they want to do right now. That's how dumb they are. That's how stupid. A lot of this is rooted in the free flow of oil at market prices. And don't let anybody fool you otherwise. And by Joe Biden abandoning the policies of energy independence, it pushed our Western European and NATO allies right into Putin's hands. And you cannot you cannot discount that as being a major factor in all of this. Um, you know, Russia's people are hurting from sanctions. Um, do I think that's going to have any impact? No, because I think Putin rules with an iron fist. And I think that he doesn't really care too much about his people. There are reports that he's the, the second richest person in the world. Just people don't know where his money is. Um, Russia now has begun shelling Ukrainian cities where thousands of refugees have been sheltering. It, it looks like the more criticism that Vladimir Putin gets in terms of his army's performance and his invasion's performance has been bad, the more desperate he becomes and the more violent he gets. Um Anthony Winken Blinken is, is saying that Russia could use a chemical weapon. We had the U.N. ambassador, somebody, the head of one of those world organizations, suggesting that he could use nuclear weapons. Of course, he has a nuclear power. Anybody can use nuclear weapons. But that you cannot be paralyzed with fear over what somebody might do. You just can't.
And America's got to ask itself, what is what what role do we want to play in this conflict? And at what point do we say enough is enough? I think if we give the Ukrainians the weaponry that they're asking for, and it's not a lot, and that is anti-aircraft, anti-missile defense systems, javelins, stingers, you know, guns and munitions. Um, when you see these images, what, what weapons would you deny people that are willing to fight and defend their own country? By the way, Putin signed into law uh, the right of Russia to seize foreign aircraft, uh, foreign-owned aircraft, to be re-registered as Russian aircraft for domestic use. In other words, they're seizing uh, aircraft leased by companies that are no longer operating in the country. They're just, they're just stealing the planes outright. One Russian lawmaker is demanding uh, that the U.S. return Alaska uh, as reparations for the U.S.-led sanctions. It was the NATO chief that warned the risk of an accidental Russian strike in an allied nation. Well, that's Article 5 if it's a NATO ally, and that means an attack against one is an attack against all. We'll see what happens with that, watching that very closely. Um, we also know that Ukraine's war now um, upended China's plan to invade Taiwan. The, if you're going to say who's the biggest geopolitical winner here, you got to look to President Xi. They've not really been too critical of Vladimir Putin because they figure, well, all right, we're going to let you pursue your territorial ambitions, and we're going after Taiwan, and we're going to take Taiwan. And I think that President Xi is watching very closely, and it's probably already determined a long time ago that there's probably nothing that the United States is going to do to help its ally, Taiwan. Um, anyway, so we, we're, we're watching all of this. And I think this is what happens when you have a weak president, when you have a weak vice president. And after watching, we'll play it later in the program, Nancy Pelosi yesterday, I, I showed it on TV. I, I just cannot believe this is the position that we're in. You know, Rick Rennell tweeted out something that Sweet Baby James found. Americans give billions to the United Nations. Are we just going to let that money go to waste? The answer, Rick, unfortunately, is yes, as we always do. Funding the U.N., what impact do U.S. contributions have on U.N. agencies and programs? Um, when Zelensky was involved in U.S. politics and on, you know, seemingly on the side of Trump, they didn't like him. Now, all of a sudden, he's beloved by the Democrats. Um, look, we just have to learn the lesson. I, I just, I stick with my conservatism of Reagan. We didn't fight. We didn't get involved in the Russian invasion of Afghanistan in the eighties. We provided the weaponry so that the Afghanis, the Mujahideen could fight back and they actually won the insurgency won. Uh, similarly, we didn't get involved in the conflict with Daniel Ortega and the Sandinistas. We let the freedom fighters, the Contra rebels fight their own fight. And that, of course, became a big deal at the time. Um, so it's going to be a matter of if the Ukrainians want to fight, are we going to provide what they need? All right. Let me go to the economy here for just a second. As we've been telling you, the Federal Reserve, Goldman Sachs thinks that we might have as many as seven interest rate hikes this year. The Fed Day approved the first rate increase in more than three years. And after keeping their benchmark interest rate anchored at near zero since the beginning of COVID, the policymaking Fed uh, Open Market Committee are now raising rates by a quarter of a percentage uh, point or uh, two uh, or or 0.25 basis points. 
And that'll bring the rate now to the range of 0.25 to 0.5%. And the move will likely correspond with a hike in the prime rate and immediately send financing costs higher. That means if you're going to get a mortgage, it's going to cost you a lot more. And all Chuck Schumer wants to do is grill oil executives on gas and price gouging. That's where their head's at. You know, if you if you, this was a foregone conclusion, Lawrence Summers, who worked for Barack Obama, says, I hope the Fed will make clear that inflation reduction is its principal objective and that it will wind down efforts to promote worthy but non-monetary goals such as social justice and environmental protection implies to do whatever is necessary with interest rates to bring down inflation. He is now predicting that we are heading into a recession. I kind of agree with him. Mortgage demands have already fallen as interest rates now have been surging to multi-year highs. Um, the Fed, you know, by making these actions, is it's going to impact every single American that wants to get a mortgage or a loan of any kind or debt consolidation. Uh, soaring gas prices now, according to one article I read, uh, is now forcing 61% of Americans to cut back on spending. And on Breitbart, the business digest, oil falls for a bad reason. I, I kind of agree with their analysis. Jen Psaki is now saying, even though they sent an emissaries to Venezuela over the weekend, that uh, no Venezuelan oil at this time. At this time. What does that mean at this time? Um, none of this is good for we the people. 40-year high of inflation, highest gas prices we've seen ever. Republicans are saying that Biden's disastrous energy policy set the stage for this invasion. It did. We've been in the forefront of explaining that to you. Because if we would have kept energy independence policies and continued to be a net exporter of energy, that would have helped our Western European allies. They wouldn't have been so dependent on Vladimir Putin and Russia for their energy needs. You know, and House Democrats are demanding Biden ratchet up his war on energy. You have the Progressive Caucus in the House of Representatives. They are publicly urging Biden to ban oil drilling on federal lands right now in the middle of the highest gas prices and this war in Ukraine that has disrupted the oil markets. Can you meet dumber people in your life? Because I can't think of any dumber people than these. But that's where their head's at. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. By the way, Pew poll, more than a third of Americans support taking military action to save Ukraine, even if it risks nuclear war. I do not support that. This is Ukraine's war to fight. We're not the world's policemen. And I don't trust these politicians anymore. They have earned our distrust. But if the Ukrainian people want to fight for their freedom and they're a sovereign country invaded and there's human atrocities right before our very eyes, I will support them fighting their own fight and supplying some, the military needs that we mentioned earlier. I mean, it's ridiculous. And by the way, it's the Iranian mullahs are getting more aggressive. President Xi's getting more aggressive. Uh, North Korea is putting out their ICBM test. Missile explodes on takeoff. Yeah, the world doesn't fear Joe Biden. That's why every, all of this is happening. The world did fear Donald Trump. Anyway, we've got uh, all things Bill O'Reilly coming up, Senator Tom Cotton coming up.